0: And welcome to our new series, Unlocking the Future, EU Industry Days podcast, presenting insights, trends, and challenges, but also fresh opportunities emerging from Europe's industrial transformation. In this episode, we explore resilience and transformation, two power words of today, in the context of the construction sector, as it grapples with market fluctuations, environmental concerns, and disruptions to logistics and planning. Hemingway said the world breaks everyone and afterwards many are strong at the broken places. It brings into question the very notion of resilience and how traditional industrial sectors approach it, semantically but also practically. Alone, mounting environmental pressure, rapid digital transformation and a global health crisis would be enough to challenge any industry and the systems it relies on to thrive. But combined, they are an existential threat but also an unprecedented opportunity to transform how things work to meet the EU's green digital, industrial and other goals. Our speakers in this episode are well-placed to challenge preconceptions about the subjects of system and ecosystem resilience to take the different interpretations of the word as they affect the construction industry. So we have joining us Colleen Lavorel, Zoe Institute for Future Fit Economies and Fernando Sichos Jimenez, Secretary General of the European Builders Confederation. Now, thank you for joining us both. Before we launch into the subject, let's hear a little bit about you and the work you're doing. Fernando, to kick off, please tell us a little bit about you and your organisation. So I'm Fernando
1: and I'm the Secretary General of the European Builders Confederation, the organisation representing construction crafts and SMEs in the construction sector. Uh, Most of our members uh, range from micro to medium-sized construction companies. And we are active in Brussels in order to defend and promote the interests of the construction
0: SMEs of Europe. Colleen, tell us a bit more about yourself and the work you're doing at
2: the moment. Thank you. So indeed, uh, my name is Colleen. I'm senior policy consultant at the Zoe Institute, and I'm also the lead on uh, outreach and network. And uh, we are a think-and-do tank. We are based in Cologne, and we focus on research on new economic thinking. And we also aim at translating our work to make it relevant for EU policymakers.
0: So... Obviously, we've seen a lot of changes and developments in the last 24 months. Tell me a bit about what you think of when you think of resilience and how do you rate the EU construction ecosystem by this definition?
2: So, indeed, yeah, maybe I'd like to give uh, our definition of resilience. So we we mean uh, resilience is the ability to not only absorb and cope with an immediate shock, but also to adapt to challenges in a way that transforms the socio-economic system in a a sustainable and socially just manner. So here there are three main dimensions, three capacities. Uh, The capacity to absorb and cope with the immediate shock, the adaptation to a new situation, and the transformative capacity to bounce forward. And we really want this uh, term bounce forward and not bounce back because it's not to go back to uh, normal.
1: Um, Unfortunately, more than 10 years ago, uh, construction was one of the most heavily hit sectors by the economic crisis. And when we were about to, to recover, we were about to to consider recovering from that hit a pandemic hits. Now again, construction showed uh, its capacity to to take the blow and to to find ways to keep going and to keep going to a satisfactory level so that our companies cope and manage to survive.
0: Well now, We've heard in other sectors uh, we've had on this podcast series that COVID has in a way shone a spotlight on perhaps inefficiencies in certain sectors. Do you think there's a sense in which the COVID pandemic may have urged the construction sector to make changes to inefficiencies that already existed?
2: So to some extent, yes. And I can give as an example, um, the national recovery and resilience plans, which we have assessed. So we are really looking at those plans through the lenses of systemic change. So it means really a, a holistic approach. So um, not only looking at how the sectors, I mean, the economy can also recover, uh, thanks to indeed GDP growth, uh, technology, uh, more efficiency, etc., but also looking at the convergence with the uh, impact on, on society, so all the social aspects. There were quite a lot of investments also put uh, in renovation for energy efficiency. But at the same time, a uh, lot of plans also using this opportunity to drive system change. So from also not only creating jobs, but also improving job quality or introducing further uh, circular practices or nature based solution so here we, we see that the importance of connecting much more the environmental drive with the social objective of uh, also developing a, a society where people can can really um, thrive and, and that also is just for uh, for everyone
1: i think the sector has been facing for for very long uh, an image issue we still have people thinking about construction being all the stereotypes that we we might have. And in some part, that might be true in certain situations, but, Uh, actually we're trying to improve that. Let's take the example of youth participation, women's participation. Uh, It has been something that is really important to me uh, that I've been trying to to, to develop uh, for for a few years. Um, I've been in EBC for eight years now. So I've been trying to to, to monitor that and to push for that. And I see since 2015 uh, real developments in that facet of my work. So I do think that the green and digital transition are going to help um, making these changes, um, will help attract new people that is uh, really needed. We often talk about the environmental sustainability, but we also need a social sustainability in our sector. So yes, I I share that view and I think that is the way forward for for the, the sector to keep contributing or even to improve its contribution to the european uh, community
0: Well, speaking of the European community, let me get a sense from you on what sort of actions or initiatives that have been taken by the European institutions are helpful and really prompt or drive the change we want to see. I'm thinking of things like the circular economy strategy or regulations like the Renewable Energy Directive or Energy Efficiency Directive, and of course, the overall Green Deal. What sort of things there uh, do you welcome or do you see that they could go further?
1: I think one of the most recent dossiers that um, might be very helpful for us in the context of the renovation wave and the the Green Deal uh, is the talks about the energy performance, the energy performance of buildings directive. And um, we do see now the interest for the renovation market turning into concrete outcomes for our construction SMEs at the local range. I see an interest for something that we have been pushing uh, lately that is called One Stop Shops for Energy Efficiency as a tool for any European citizen to consult Uh, the right people in order to renovate their house, their flat, whatever property they have. And for this, we work in collaboration with the representation of property owners, because I think it's one of the most concrete outputs that is taking importance in the momentum that the renovation wave is bringing to the considerations on energy efficiency, on the performance of our buildings, on circular economy, on the energy renewables. Also, uh, regarding the funding programs, we see more and more initiatives related to the upgrade, upskilling, reskilling of of skills related to energy efficiency, circular economy, uh, digitalization, health and safety being covered and co founded by European funding programs. I see see developments. There are still, of course, adaptations to be made, but there, there are positive signs.
2: Well, indeed, it's it's to say that the resilience means also to find out the the right policy mix and uh, definitely also stimulating more demand-side approaches. Um, So cities in particular can really play a a big role here by using public procurement and more inclusive approaches. I'd like also to stress that this mission uh, to reach 100 climate-neutral cities is a very good example of uh, the the power force that lies uh, in the cities, And, of course, reaching climate neutrality by 2030 implies big changes. Uh, So we we think that also the business should uh, be more in the driving seat. Uh, So embracing uh, standardization, also embracing uh, energy efficiency and, um, yeah, all new technologies.
0: Well, thank you very much, Fernando. As a final takeaway thought, is there anything briefly or a message that you'd like to share with our audience, particularly regarding the EU's revised industrial strategy? Yes,
1: I'm very happy to to let you know, and I don't know when this is going to be published. But on the on the 8th of February, the construction sector will make public its packs for skills in construction. It is a document uh, on which we have been working collaboratively with uh, FIEC, the association representing construction companies of all size, and the trade unions EFBWW, so that we push for further commitments regarding skills in construction with qualitative key performance indicators so that people commit in a way that uh, is going to, to be monitored and kind of proven that we we are trying to make things improve in the skills agenda. And that's uh, something that I would like to share uh, because it will be open to all kinds of actors related to education, and construction, uh, the document has been created in a way that it allows a lot of flexibility so that people really see how they could contribute to this challenge.
2: So just to recap and to repeat that uh, resilience really requires capacity on absorptions, adaptation, transformation, and that it really also means that uh, we need to take this holistic perspective, looking at what the, are the assets that we have. What are the driving forces behind the transformations from institutions, infrastructure, the market, of course, and the people, and which is the direction we want to to build. So ensuring a well-being, competitiveness, and equity um, environment. And that that really means to focus more on the people, empower them, rely on cities, local actors, and SMEs, and really also focus on those uh, solutions that are more future-proof, the ones that are uh, holistic. And thank you both very much. That certainly
0: covers it. You have given some great summary and thank you for your insights. You've definitely given our listeners plenty to consider. That's it for another episode of Unlocking the Future, the EU Industry Days podcast. Remember, check out more in the series and feel free to like, share and show your appreciation for the different topics online. We will continue the discussion on the construction ecosystem and specifically its green and digital transformation, as well as skills and youth, in a dedicated session during the EU Industry Days on 8th of February 2022. So don't forget to register. This podcast series is an initiative of the European Commission and is part of the EU Industry Days 2022, Europe's flagship annual event on industry, taking place in the week of the 7th to the 11th of February 2022. For more information on the EU Industry Days, visit the website. This podcast was produced by VO with the financial support of the European Union. Its contents do not necessarily reflect the views of the European Commission.